right, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Jumping the Rail podcast. It's our usual week off, but uh, we felt like it was uh, it was warranted this week because uh, we wrestling fans got a double shot in the nuts last week, and we kind of have to talk about it. So uh, this is Mark Rebin coming to you from the Noodles position in Champaign, Illinois, and uh, joined as always by my buddy Menders. Uh, Menders, how are you doing today? Doing all right, Reb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got a couple guests with us. Uh, we got my co-host from the Gold Rush YouTube series, uh, Jabari Sinclair. Bari, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? Oh, about the same old stuff as usual. But I'm right. actually very, I'm, I'm very excited though. Uh, we got one of the OGs with us today, Menders, because uh, the original co-host of this podcast, Mike Nargelinus, uh, live from the man cave in Muhammad, Illinois, is joining us. Nards, welcome back. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. I wish I was here for different reasons, but uh, well, sure. Glad, glad you asked me to come on. Um, you know, two of my two yeah. of my favorites, all time favorites. So, yeah, yeah. If we'd had a podcast when Vader passed, you would have gotten the first <laughs> phone call. Uh, but yeah, as uh, everybody knows by now, on Wednesday, Terry Funk passed away, and then. As if that wasn't bad enough, then the news came down Thursday that uh, Wyndham Rotunda, uh, Bray Wyatt, passed away, which took everybody by surprise. I don't think that's a, a big secret there. Uh, with Bray especially, uh, and we talked about this when Jay Briscoe passed, Menders, when we had our episode. It's it's one of those things. It's, if it's somebody in their 80s, like Funker was not in good health. He was in uh, assisted living and all that stuff. But Bray was completely out of the blue. Uh, we know he'd had some, I think he had a COVID issue and then that kind of exacerbated a heart problem. And that's what uh, led to his passing and all that. But yeah, it's not something you expect when somebody who's only 36. No, not at all. It threw me off with knowing he was even younger than I am. And <clears throat> that's, well, he's younger than all of us, isn't he? Just about. Uh, yeah. 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 That's just, uh, Narge, I think, is the baby here. But... <laughs> if, if 39 is a baby, sure. Nope, Barry's the baby. <laughs> oh. Barry's right, the I'll, baby. Right, I'll be 39 in a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, yeah, it's just, it was weird because I was watching some YouTube today and I actually saw the video of Booker T's radio show where they found out about Bray in, in real time. Like Booker had, he found out about Bray on the air, which is just kind of a trip to watch because it's, uh, it's one thing when you're fans and you watch these guys and with Bray, we watched him basically from developmental, but then you think about the guys that he worked with that are still with the company. And again, same thing with, with Jay Briscoe, the AW roster. So many of those guys were ring of honor guys that were dealing with that in real time. But when I'm just gonna, I'll, all I can really talk about is his work because I don't know a whole lot about the guy personally. I know he had four kids and he was engaged to JoJo and all that stuff, and of course his family pedigree. But as far as his work goes, what was it about him and like, his work, whether it was promos or whatever, that, that grabbed you? Uh, Menders, we'll start with you. I was a big fan of the Wyatt family when they were in NXT. That it was something new, it was something different. And that caught my attention. And then as things just progressed, 
and he got a little bit stranger with each time. I was like, okay, I can follow what this is going, what's going on here. Now, granted, towards the end, I got a little, eh, but, you know, I know that also wasn't all him. So that's the other part about it. So more of when, like when he was with Luke Harper and um, Rowan, you know, they just made for a great faction. They really did. Uh, Ari, what about you? Uh, for me, um, I didn't watch a lot of NXT back in the day uh, here until recently. So my first exposure to Bray was when he came to the main roster. And it was a, it was like a breath of fresh air, man. Uh, a new supernatural character uh, who was good on the mic. And he was good at the ring. And I was always excited to see what Bray was going to do next. Um, whether it was um, his solo stuff or the stuff that he did with the Wyatt family. Or even the stuff he did with Matt Hardy later on. Uh, it was all exciting. So uh, it's, 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 it's a tragedy um, to the wrestling business and to the wrestling fans that he's on. Yeah. Uh, and Narge, I know your boys were all big uh, Bray fans. I can see you got the bean mask there behind you. You said your little guy brought that downstairs. So uh, I'm going to same question to you. Like, I know you, you tend to be a little more analytical like I am when we talk about this stuff, but what was it about Bray that grabbed you? Well, well, early on, it was the the, the character, the kind of Charles Manson, uh, Cape Fear. You remember, Mark? Uh, yeah, the Max Cape. You know, we had the, the Waylon Mercy character. Yes. Uh, the yep. Dance yep. Did, and it didn't get enough time, and I thought it was I thought it was a really cool, different character for the time. And the first time I saw Bray Wyatt, I was like, oh, it's an homage to that. And I, I was mm-hmm. instantly hooked. I loved it. I loved the look of the family, the whole thing. I never did care for his ring work. I didn't. I didn't think he was a great worker by any means. Um, I just don't. I didn't care for his style, but I liked the method behind the madness. I guess you know you mm-hmm. can kind of see he was a smart worker. Um, and I agree that you know we lost we, the Undertaker started to kind of lose some speed there at the end, and they needed kind of that kind of a supernatural type character. And I felt like he could have taken those reins. Again, between the health issues, some of the bad booking, things like that. It's really unfortunate, and I agree with Mindy, too. There at the end, it kind of got wonky. I didn't care for didn't care for the Fiend or the Burnt Fiend or any of that. I liked the Funhouse. I thought Firefly Funhouse was great. Um, but I didn't like the Fiend side of things with that. Uh, really felt like the Wyatt family could have done so much more had they stayed together at WWE you know, really focused on that. Um, it could have been good, you know. It's one of those yeah. things where WWE takes stuff and, hey, it's good now, and then they, they destroy it and pull it apart. And Absolutely. Yeah, they always kind of had that fix-it-if-it-ain't-broke kind of mentality sometimes. But uh, I know with me, the first time – let me get this picture off there. The first time I saw Bray was actually before there was a Bray. I used to watch the NXT when it was the competition show on Sci-Fi. Like after ECW went away, and look at this guy. There he is. <laughs> oh, Husky Harris. Harris. <laughs> and and when I found out his his background, I found when I found out he was Mulligan's grandson, he grabbed my attention. And then it t- it kind of tickled me that they put him with Cody as his pro because then you got the Wyndham Rhodes connection a little bit once again, you know. Yeah. And he his I was always impressed by his athleticism. Uh, Doing my research, I didn't realize he was a state champion wrestler in high school. 
and plus he was a stud football player in college and all this. So he was always a crazy good athlete. Uh, when he switched to Bray Wyatt, and I'm with you, Barry. I didn't watch NXT when it was just on Hulu before the before the network came out. So I was kind of late to the party on that until he made it to the main roster. But it's and Nard, you mentioned the Max Cady Cape Fear aspect. That's what grabbed me with uh, yeah. his character. I thought that was my favorite version of Bray uh, all the way through. Uh, I think the stuff he did with Daniel Bryan uh, in the early run, not the stuff later on with The Fiend, was really good. Uh, I love the stuff they did with The Shield. I think that was actually the first match of the Wyatt family I saw was the Wyatts and The Shield from Elimination Chamber in 2014? 15? 14, I want to say. My math is not quite all there. But, uh, yeah, it's just... Everything he did just got your attention. The promos were fantastic. Uh, I didn't really care for the supernatural element like you guys talk about. I just wanted him to be a creepy guy in the woods. You know, yeah. that would have been just fine with me. Yeah, I was going to work. work. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. But uh, I loved it when he won <clears> the uh, <throat> WWE title in 2016, I believe it was. 17. But... And then had the run with Randy where Randy burned down the shack and all that. <laughs> that was a little bit a little bit on the cartoony side, but it worked. Then, and they had crickets and mealworms in the ring at WrestleMania. Yeah. That didn't work for me. <laughs> that did not <laughs> work for me either. <laughs> I, like, I don't on. think it worked for any of us. <laughs> that's it, but those, those two guys were good enough. They didn't need all the bells and whistles. You put a, no, they didn't. a classic wrestler like Randy with a great character like Bray, and that was that's all you needed on that. That's it. That's yeah. it, yeah. So, talking about when he came back, did the Firefly Funhouse, did the Fiend stuff, and maybe I'm the you know, maybe I'm the minority here, but the Fiend I thought they overused. I they every match was a Fiend match. I think they should have saved it, like how Finn Balor would save the Demon for for the big matches. That know? was exactly yeah. I hated the red light. I think we talked about yeah. that on the early podcast. That I felt that run the character for the first run was all the the red light matches. It was terrible. Yeah, got distracting as hell. What's that? I said it was distracting as hell. Yeah, we got to see it live in Chicago. I remember Survivor Series, Money in the Bank. I think they did Money in the Bank up there, and uh, he had done. It was just terrible. You couldn't see anything, and it really, I think, it took away from the character. It kind of lends more credence to the fact that WWE is essentially a TV company more than a wrestling company in that way. They're more focused on TV production than the live <clears throat> presentation for the crowd, it seems like, sometimes. But, uh, well, I'm kind of like where you were going, Reb, with the... I wish they would have saved The Fiend and let him work as Bray. Mm-hmm. And save The Fiend for the big matches. Save that mm-hmm. for, like, kind of like you were saying with Finn, De- with Finn and the Demon. You know, they saved the demon for the big matches. They didn't bring out the demon all the time. Right. So I think if they would have done it that way, because I didn't hate the fiend at first. I really didn't. But as it went on, it was like, well, why didn't they do this? Or why didn't they do that? And it's like, now you're not making any sense because you're going off the deep end. I really. It wasn't like special anymore. Yeah. And I didn't it wasn't like special Uncle anymore. Howdy. I really didn't like the whole bringing in the Uncle Howdy at first. I right. really wasn't crazy about it, period. But. 
Yeah. I was interested to see where it would have went had right. they been able to develop it more. Yeah, I was hoping they were going to build another group out of it. I mean, with him and Howdy, and, and there was always talk about Liv Morgan and all this other stuff. Right. I agree, though. Should have saved the Fiend. I like Funhouse Bray. I thought he was kind of the equivalent creepy to Backwoods Bray. You had this guy, and I mean, they could have done some stuff with that. You get, you know, he's playing with puppets, and you could have blurred some lines, but I could have seen where they could have gotten in trouble with some stuff too. Sure. Um, doing that, but I thought he, I thought that had a creepy element to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was way creepy when it first started. Uh, when the fiend first, when he first busted the fiend out on, it was on a fun house, just like a little inset video thing. I thought it was one of the more creative things I'd seen in a long time, just for the, for the look, the mask, the, the, the body language, you know, the posture and all that. I thought if they would have done it, they, you know, WWE has been doing the films and everything. I think that could have been a really good horror movie franchise for WWE films, if not just doing the, the matches, you know. They could have made some pretty interesting horror films with that character, I thought. But the, instead they just focused on the in, the wrestling aspect of it. I think they had something there when they were talking about, you know, I, I think it would have made for great characters. I mean, how, how else that was one of the big things. And I know you're not a big fan of Hogan, Brett, but that was still one of the things that made, I know, right. Right. Narge, but <laughs> I know that brought a lot of, it brought a lot of the kids in or whatever. So there was something about it that I wondered if it would bring more of just the on occasion watcher to come watch. To see what was happening, That's like a way to reel them in and hopefully keep them around. But yeah, yeah. for uh, me, I just felt like there was so much more. And again, with his health and everything, I feel I, I don't even feel like we got half of what they planned on doing with it. Everybody kind of faulted him for these ideas that didn't make any sense; they weren't going anywhere. But I really think there was an end game to it all. It just between his health, I mean, it literally started, stopped, came back, did the LA Night thing, stopped. There was too much start and stop there. Um, he got released at one point, which was never really explained, and then brought back. You know, so there, it was it was all very – it was just so disjointed that we never got the full picture, which is uh, unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. There's a picture I just came across of – it wasn't the, the break character. This is actually from when he was Duke Rotunda in FCW, like early NXT. Look at that guy. That's Duke Rotunda. <laughs> That's a creepy looking dude there. Mm-hmm. And, and I I think that could have worked if they would have gone that route. You know, I mean, obviously Bray's a, a step up from that, but he always had this very creative mind. Everybody always talks about how creative the guy is uh, between the input he had on his characters. And I don't know how much uh, say he had on his promos, but it always, it never seemed like he was reading something. It always seemed like it was coming off the top of his head yeah and that's one thing i respected about him and that's one thing i respect about all the, all the wrestlers now that can do that you know i that's one thing to hand somebody a script and say here read this but it's another thing for people to be quick-witted enough to come up with it on their own and maybe and you know like they always say you know have the bullet points of things you need to need to hit but if you can get to each of those bullet points on your own i think it makes for a better character a better a better wrestler it's more more authentic looking. Yeah. Yeah. 
so Dwayne put a comment in, said he thought that Alexa Bliss would have a longer run with The Fiend. Where did you guys stand on Alexa with, with Bray in that whole angle? Oh, I don't know that one. <laughs> oh, my echo is answering questions. Oops. I got to be careful when my, I say... My, my device of the same name is right next to the computer. <laughs> I got to be careful I, that uh, at home, too. I didn't care for any of that, and I felt like, you know, it, it, it seemed as it went on, they were trying to make Alexa Bliss bigger than him. Uh, the whole WrestleMania match where it all kind of hit the bed. Yeah, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure where they were going with that. I, did they, they didn't do anything with Bray after that, right? He got no, released. Bray was done after that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know, Narge, I know you're a big Alexa fan. Yeah. From, from back in the day. So am I. Uh, and I know that she's a big horror movie fan too. Like she loves all those. So I think she was very excited to do that character. And she said that that's the most fun she's had in her run. And it makes me wonder if, because I think they were going to have her back with Bray in this past year when she was kind of doing her thing before she got pregnant. And then before Bray stepped out, it seemed like that's where they were angling to get they back were hitting to. At that on the shows. Right. I mean, there were different yeah. lights were going out and yeah, again, one of those things where it started and we never got, never got to the end game because of other, other circumstances. Yeah. yeah. They started it, and it's almost like they kind of forced uh, the whole thing on us. And we all know that anytime they force anything upon the people, it never works. So it was yeah. doomed from the start. Had it right, had it had a chance to grow and age organically, it could have been something. Yeah, I agree with that. It's that's the thing. The best stuff is always the stuff that's organic. And the original Max Katie Bray Wyatt was very organic that way. Yeah. And then it almost seemed like, and same deal, I don't know how much of the Funhouse was Bray's idea, but it almost seems like the creative was like, what's the creepy thing we can have Bray do this week kind of thing, you know, where originally they didn't have to try. It was just, I'm just going to come out, sit in a rocking chair with these three giants sitting behind me, and it's going to be creepy. Yeah. And, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> we do this all the time. It's great. Um, <laughs> but no, like, like you said, I, I thought they were pushing, what I thought they were going was going to make Alexa's sister Abigail, which right. is fine, I guess. But again, it didn't grow organically. It needed to be, it needed to just happen and not be forced down everybody's throat. So I you may remember yeah. when Bray Wyatt was going to be sister Abigail. <laughs> Oh, God, wasn't that terrible? Jeez, Louise. I don't remember what had happened. Was that right before? It was COVID, right? COVID happened. No, it, it, it wasn't COVID that time. It was, uh, I think he had uh, elevated liver enzymes. <laughs> yeah, he oh, yeah. he, but he was he was literally dressed up. I mean, the picture was him dressed up in the, the veil and the whole. Yeah, with the veil. And, and, because I don't, and I don't. Yeah. I the horrible drag makeup and Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Mark's looking for a picture. We're in terms of... Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And when you try to do too much, us wrestling fans are loyal, but we'll also tell you when you're messing up. So... True. Well, I wonder how much of that is Bray's thoughts going into what WWE's writers, you know, I I have a feeling there was probably a lot of back and forth between the two of them. Oh, yeah. Creative. 
and I'm, I'm sure he had to give in a few times where he probably didn't want, and that was probably some of the, the crap we ended up getting that we didn't like. So, yeah. uh, was it this? Oh, God. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's unsettling. Very much. It's so bad. I love it, pal. <laughs> Shut up, McMahon. <sighs> so, we can't talk about Bray without talking about the Wyatt family as a whole. And obviously, when Bray's news came out, the first thing a lot of people thought about was Luke Harper, uh, Brody Lee, and uh, when he passed. And some people were, like, before all the news came out, they were thinking, oh, was it from the same same thing? And it wasn't. It was different circumstances. But just the idea that two guys from, from that group, both of them passed, and I think both of them were, weren't 40 yet. Nope. Brody might have been in his early 40s. Nope. It's just it's just weird to think that there's two guys from the same group in the span of two, two and a half years, both leave us at the same time. And that's just... It's, it's crazy to think about. And uh, and you know me, I'm a big fan of Brody going back to when he was on the indies. And uh, Bray, I'd love to go back and find some stuff on FCW, like on YouTube, when he was teaming with his brother. Uh, when it was Bowen. Bowen the Luke. Was it Luke or Duke Rotunda? I can never keep track of which one it was. Bowen, Luke, Duke. Did you really just say that? No, no, no. It was Bo- <laughs> Good old boys. Good old boys. Bo, Luke, and Duke. <laughs> uh, Coy and Vance Rotunda weren't there. Uh, but, but no, it's... Yeah, the Wyatt family. Uh, was, everybody loved the Shield. The Wyatt family was just something else. Uh, and Bray was something. Uh, when Bray came back before Uncle Howdy and all that stuff. When it, that it is extreme rules when he showed up and cut the promo, and that maybe grabbed me for the really for the first time since he was doing the original Wyatt Family because it sounded authentic. Mm-hmm. Sound it sounded the sound uh, to use a taboo word. It sounded real when he was yeah. talking, and I thought this could work as him as a baby face doing this and the whole like redemption angle, if you will. But then they. Did the 180, brought Uncle Howdy in, put him in that pitch, not do pitch black kerfuffle <laughs> thing with L.A. Knight. <laughs> it, I mean, everybody thought that L.A. Knight was getting the runaround. Look at him now. He's the hottest thing on TV right now. Yeah. But he was uh, he was Bray's last opponent on on, t- on pay-per-view, so... And Fire think, champagne to do the same match. I don't, I don't know if you were at that show or not. I, I wasn't at that show. But, yeah, uh, they did. The yeah, same. they did do that same match here in Champagne. I wasn't there, but a buddy of mine was there and had took pictures and stuff of it. Yeah, you're right, Narge. Yeah. I see the match I remember. The last, I think the last match I saw Bray in, like in person, was uh, went to the Danville show. There was a Danville show at the arena. And, him in the big show. Yep, him in the big show. You guys were there. We didn't know each other yet. Bari and AJ and I were all there, and we didn't know each other yet. Right. Um, but uh, he came out, and he didn't have his lantern. It was the one time I'd seen him without his lantern. And he was still he was still Bray. Mm-hmm. Not the Fiend. He was Bray. Yeah. And we asked the uh, security guy. We said, where's, where's his lantern? He's, he forgot it, and we couldn't find <laughs> one at Home Depot. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's like the best story ever. <laughs> So I was like, okay. They're like, we even went and looked. We couldn't find one. I'm like, oh. oh. So that was fun. Yeah, because we had ringside seats or what? I, me and the guy I was with at the time had ringside seats. 
uh, there at the entryway. So that was really okay. cool. So nice. Yeah. So we saw a lot of tributes in the last few days. Uh, I know next week on the show we're going to basically focus on All In and All Out and talk about those two shows. But I do want to kind of mention uh, House of Black on All In came out, uh, but he had the lantern and they they paid the tribute. Uh, the commentary team mentioned the Fireflies specifically, so I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, I was really happy they did that. I really was. And it was nice that it was two of the guys that had worked with Bray and worked with Bray yeah. before. So I... I appreciated that, that it wasn't just some random thrown out, you know, Hey, here you go. Here's your little throw too. Yeah. But it, you know, uh, I liked most of the tributes of the talk about tributes, the Terry funk of street fight, whatever it was on SmackDown on Friday. That was not one of them. Ooh. Ooh. Kid, my kids wrestle more hardcore than them. And they're um, five. I'm telling you, the right. There was nothing hardcore about that match except for the damn table spot. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, yeah, I, I think I heard. I didn't watch Raw last night, but I heard. I guess at the end of Becky's match, they did a little tribute. Uh, I heard Seth had Bray plates on his belt last night, which was a nice touch. Yep. Uh, and Champa then also, was uh, I don't. I say Champa wore the armband with both Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt on it. There's a lot of the guys last okay. night that were in armbands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Mercedes had a armband on in the stands at all in. With we'll talk about that next week. Don't worry, Menders. Don't I know. Your eyes I know. <laughs> and, you know. I give. Try not to. We give. We give the guy a lot of shit on this show, but Tony Khan, uh, from what I heard, is uh, giving guys the opportunity to take Wednesday off to be at the funeral. So that's a that's a nice move by him. Uh, I mean, you know the other thing on that. I don't know. Did you did you see where they were saying? I I feel bad for negative one, Brody's son. Oh yeah. Because one Bray was his godfather, right? And two, that's two people that he looked up to as a father figure that he's lost now in what the past two and a half years. Yes, yeah, I think it's been what eleven, twelve. He's 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 a youngin. I forget how old he is. I think he's about eleven or so. But yeah, he's kind of like, you gotta feel bad for for him. He's uh, he's kind of been put through it here last uh, week or so. Uh, I'm trying to th- is there is there anything else anybody wants to say about uh, about Bray? Just uh, in general. Barry, you need to you need to tell the sheep story from Peoria. And okay, and, and, and and right and AJ can tell their story better than I can, but uh, I'll, not here. <laughs> I'll try to. Um, yeah, we were at a WWE live event in Peoria, and uh, we had bought uh, some of the Wyatt family sheet mask. Uh, I bought the bronze black mask, and AJ bought the white uh, Eric Warren mask, and we're running around before the show with them on and stuff like that. And uh, these two little old ladies stop us and look at us and say, you all need Jesus if you're Bray Wyatt fans. <laughs> I'm like, lady, do you not realize that it's, that it's okay, sure, whatever. Yeah. Let it go. We need Jesus. Yeah, we need Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Saves, right? Jesus Saves. Carpenter extraordinaire. 
some letters. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, going around the, uh, well, I was going to say around the table if this was the wrong person, but going around the uh, the screen here, uh, what's everybody's favorite Bray match, interview, moment, whatever? Uh, start, I'll start with Menders. You keep starting with me. Give me a minute. Let me think ladies about first, this a second. You know, I don't like this gentleman. whole ladies stuff. Actually, my favorite was probably when he, when he thanked the fans. I think that might have been the one you were talking about. I don't remember exactly when it took place, but when he thanked all the fans and said, you know, when I, when I was down, you guys brought me back. I think that might've been the SmackDown after extreme rules. Was that yes, the SmackDown after? Okay. Yes. But that one, when he came back and I think that was one of my favorites that he did. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. Uh, Ari, how about you? Uh, when he won the WWE championship in the elimination chamber. Okay. Uh, uh, nobody n- nobody expected it, but when he hit AJ with that sister Abigail and got the one three one two three, I popped more than I popped. Oh, yeah. yeah, I thought it was awesome. And uh, yeah, especially because Orton had won the Rumble and they were tag team partners at the time, so nobody was expecting that. All right, uh, Narch, how about you? Uh, the Wyatt Family Shield Elimination Chamber that just six of the best at the time. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. Honorable mention though to the uh, the COVID era WrestleMania where he took on John oh. and Cena finally did the heel turn and you know uh-huh. uh, that was fun. It, it, I mean, it was it was goofy and I remember it ending going, "What the hell was that?" And I felt like right. he did that. <laughs> yeah, and it was perfect. But uh, yeah, those two yeah. stick out probably the most. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, I talked about how much I enjoyed that uh, chamber match with the Shield. My favorite moment, though, is in the build-up to that when they did the face-off in the ring on Raw. It was the Shield was walking away, then the Wyatts were coming down, and then it ended up where they were just all face-to-face in the middle of the ring. And I think this picture is actually from a chamber match. But, I mean, the, there were, nobody said anything. Just one by one, like, the Shield would jump over the rail, then the Wyatts come down to the ring, then the Shield gets on the apron, then the Wyatts get on the apron. And the shield gets in the ring, and then Wyatt backs him off, and they walk away. And just the crowd just hated him. There was so much heat because they wanted to see him fight, but Wyatt knew he's Bray knew he's like, let's, let's make him wait. Yep. But it was a great build up with no no verbal sparring whatsoever. There's no promos for it. It was just it was, it was basically the closest thing to a dream match in WWE at the time because it was these two dominant groups, and you wanted to see them go at it. Yep. It's been a while since we've had one of those. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, what? Oh, God, I heard a, I heard a piano. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm hearing things. You're hearing things. I'm hearing things. That might have been in my headset. <laughs> Probably was. Uh, yeah. So we're going to move on from uh, from Brave. But before we do, I actually I I told Narge ever since I've been doing this stream I've been getting a little crazy with video editing and whatnot. I actually made a little video, so I'm going to play this here. It's kind of like a little video photo montage of uh, our buddy Wyndham Rotunda. So...
right. So, so that is uh, good job, Red. Yeah. yeah, very good. And in fairness, I did one for Funker too. We'll get to that one later. But, <laughs> <I figured>. uh, <laughs> all right, so let's move on. Uh, uh, obviously, no thoughts to uh, Winnie Rotunda's family and everybody and all that from from all of us. But we uh, we got to bring up the Funker, you know, uh, Narge. Uh, Bar, you and I, we're, we're all big ECW fans, so I know this one hit a little uh, little hard last week also. And uh, with Funker, I was actually I, worried uh, about all you guys, even though I wasn't an ECW fan. I was like, is everybody uh, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, knew, I knew how everybody took the Jay Briscoe one, so I was like, uh-oh, right. here we go. Now, usually when we do these tribute episodes, we I, I include promos from some of the guys, like, but with Bray, I couldn't do that because everything's copyright for WWE. That would have gotten in trouble. So that's why I didn't have any of the Bray stuff on there. Funker, I don't have so many restrictions because he's been everywhere. Oh, no. And <laughs> like, he's I'm... been everywhere and he's talked about everything. Please, yeah. tell me you have the, please tell me you have the horse promo. Please tell me you have the horse promo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm having trouble finding that one. I got, I got some. I'll see, if I, I'll see if I can track it down while we're doing this. But, uh, but I couldn't find the one with the motor oil. From uh, from Memphis. Oh but, God, that was a good one too. <laughs> uh, I found one that I thought was really fun from ECW. Uh, also involves our favorite uh, advocate, wise man, special counsel, whatever, Paul Heyman. So I'm going to play that one first. If I can get it to finish processing, come on, anytime. <laughs> uh, technology. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Welcome to ECW. My name is Paulie Dangerously, and in case you haven't been following what's going on here, let me just bring you up to date here at 6 o'clock Eastern Time, right here tonight in Philadelphia on Sports Channel. You see, in the past few weeks, Arn Anderson has interjected himself into the business of Bobby Eaton and Sabu with me, Paulie Dangerously, and then Terry Funk has come out here and offered all of his services. He offered his knee, offered his shoulders, offered his neck, offered his head to Bobby Eaton, and the thing is, I just want to let everybody know out there right now that we're going to call Terry Funk at the Double Cross Ranch right now and arrange a date for Terry Funk's daughter with Bobby Eaton, because we all kind of know how ugly his daughter's are and they kind of look just like the old man and they probably talk like this and Bobby let me tell you one damn thing listen here dog breath don't you ever make a snide remark about either one of my daughters okay. do you understand me okay. or not okay I'm just kidding do you understand me or not I'm, I'm just kidding do you understand yes, me or not I'm, I'm not just crapping kidding. around with you you mention my damn daughters in the same breath you leave them out of this I will, I will. my family has nothing to do this okay you understand me? Yes sir. yes, sir. Yes, sir. You damn sure better. You made your point. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, you know how, boy. You know how we always call the Cobra, sir? Uh-huh. That's, that's a yes, sir moment right there. It's a yes, sir moment. A, a stern yes, sir moment, as a matter of fact. I was picturing him and I was picturing Rab and Camaro, like, having this conversation. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I believe I would soil myself if that happened. Uh, Man, right. Please don't no. hit me again, sir. Yeah. That was that was Paulie's come to Jesus moment there. Yes. Yes, that was. He saw the light. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. So, talking about funk, and again, we're going to mainly focus on, on the work, you know, the promos, the matches, all that stuff. Narge, we'll start with you this time. Give Menders a break. Thank when you. did you first... When did you first see Terry Funk? My first uh, memory where I was like, this guy's, you know, I didn't know who he was, was, uh, so I used to rent old WCW tapes 
all the time. Video store as a kid. Uh, Wrestle War '89, where he was the uh, he was the announcer. He was doing color, play by play. I was the judge. Yep. And then yeah, that's where Flair and Steamboat's rival rivalry ended, and Flair and Funk picked up. So. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Well, and I remember watching it thinking, I've seen this guy somewhere before. Um, I'm pretty sure it was either Over the Top or Roadhouse. I don't remember which was first, but I remember it was in the movie. (laughs) I think it was Over the Top. Yeah. Because I think Roadhouse hadn't come out yet. But uh, it's (laughs) – I I remember watching that when Funk put Flair on the table and gave him the pile driver, thinking it was the craziest damn thing I'd ever seen. Not knowing then what I know now. Yeah, <laughs> every other week. Uh, Barry, how about you? First time you saw the Funker? Uh, just the same as Nars, I had rented that same uh, video cassette tape and seen uh, what he did at the end of the uh, Flair Steamboat match and was like, oh my gosh, this mofo was crazy. <laughs> you had never seen anybody do a, like you said, do a table spot before and he just, he beat the hell out of Flair. And I was like, wow, who is he and why haven't I seen him before? <laughs> uh, Menders, how about you? Well, y'all are gonna laugh because I didn't really figure out who Terry Funk was until he was Chainsaw Charlie. So, I, I was a WWFE girl growing up, so I didn't really, I didn't know there was a lot of other things that existed at the time because by that point, Dad had passed and all that fun stuff. So, right, right. it, it kind of didn't get didn't watch it as much but then when chainsaw charlie showed up at wwe that was probably when uh i remember more of terry funk and mick foley together than i do some of the other things that i know i mean i went back and watched some things but it still that was my first I know, memory I he was in a box a and remember anybody that he comes out of a box is over yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. i remember thinking when he came out and jim ross kept calling him chainsaw Char- i'm like the hell is he talking about? Like, right, that's Terry Funk. Otherwise, we're pantyhose on head. We're pantyhose on his head. And belly powder everywhere. <laughs> I, pop, I remember uh, popping big time when that happened. Eventually, we got actual Terry out there and Mick going right. at it. Mm-hmm. After the but, dumpster uh, spot, they just said, fuck it, he's Terry Funk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the... Another one of the dentists I ever saw was them taking that ride on the dumpster off the stage. Man, because there's no way you can That's take a talk like that safely. No. Well, although to be fair, when they did the spot where Cactus dropped the elbow into the dumpster, you saw all the packing peanuts flying out. The of packing it, peanuts, so, yeah. You know, there was At a little bit of preparation go, there. <laughs> true, very true. It didn't go poof. Uh, uh, Menders, I know you're not a deathmatch <laughs> fan, but uh, did you ever, did you ever watch the uh, matches in Japan, Bunkin Cactus? I, just just highlights. I didn't see a whole lot. Like like you said, I'm not a deathmatch fan, so anytime I'm seeing blood, I'm kind of like get a little squeamish and don't don't particularly care for it. I think highlights. Under, okay, that's understandable. I uh, I watched the highlights of uh, one of their matches over there in Japan a few weeks ago, and I was like. For these guys to be as good as friends as they are, there's no way in hell <laughs> that I can still be your friend. Like you each other. Right. Exactly. And you just set me on fire like that. There's no way in hell I can go backstage and shake your hand. <laughs> well, here's but, the thing, I though. Mean, it's like they always say, 
the best enemies on screen were the best of friends behind the scenes. This is true. They've always said that. Yes. Because you're not scared yeah. to hit. You're not scared to hit your friend. You know they'll forgive you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You're my best friend. Set me on fire. Right. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, Bully Ray told a story on Busted Open last week uh, about Funk. It was the night the cactus hit him with the fire chair and set him on fire. And, and Funk was pissed off, oh, understandably so, because that wasn't supposed to happen. But he got back to the locker room before Cactus, because Cactus had other stuff to do. Like he was working, I think it was when he was with Raven. But Funk comes in, throwing furniture, carrying on, cussing, you know, doing Terry Funk things. And Bully Ray, I'm sorry, Bubba Ray Dudley, 400 some odd pounds at the time, was scared to death of him because he was a young boy. And uh, then he just hides behind a fan, like a big one of those big industrial fans in the locker room, thinking that he can't see him. And then all of a sudden, he just kind of puffs it. It's like, "Are you all right, sir?" And then Terry is like, "I'm a Terry." Sure fucking slaps him and just, <laughs> just going on. And, oh. on and it was madness. Uh, Terry didn't me, give a damn who he slapped. Oh no, especially if it was a rookie. <laughs> Be Bob Holly now. Uh, for me, uh, first time I saw Terry was actually I'm. I've been watching a little bit longer than you guys have. Uh, I remember when he was in WWF with his brother in '86, '87. Was Terry House Funk? House, House Terry Funk. and House Funk. Because we rented. Uh, you guys talked about renting Wrestle War. I rented WrestleMania two when, like a year after, like right before WrestleMania three. I think my dad rented WrestleMania 1 one weekend, then 2 the next. So, in WrestleMania 2 is when they had Terry and Haas against Tito and JYD. That's right. And uh, so, that was my first time seeing Funk. And at the time, I'm five years old, didn't really jump out at me. I just thought, this crazy guy. Because I was, you know me, I'm a Tito fan. I just wanted Tito to win. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Dwayne is not wrong. Terry Funk might even slap his mama. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Paul Lee better not slap his mama. <laughs> yeah, right? But uh, but no, so I saw Terry for a bit, then he went away, his horse got sick or whatever, and uh, I didn't think much of him until I saw on one of the TBS shows in 89 when he put the, paper, the plastic bag on Flair's head. And I thought, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Everybody always tells me not to put plastic bags over my head. And then Jim Ross is losing his mind on commentary, and it's just crazy. And I guess they got a lot of heat from the network about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. They did, yeah. But yeah, the rest of that angle, I didn't see till years later, because I didn't have cable. I was watching that on somebody's satellite that night when that happened. So later on, I saw the match at the Great American Bash when it just fell off the rails, and then the I Quit match. The Bash. I Quit match, yeah. Uh, I remember the I Quit match. So I, remember, I, I remember the promo that Ric Flair <laughs> uh, laid uh, a, a weeks before that I Quit match. He told everybody that he was going to kill Terry Funk <laughs> on the 27th. <laughs> I thought that's what he was going to have to do. <laughs> uh, I, right, I don't think I've ever heard anybody else in the promo say that they were going to kill somebody, but yeah, Ric Flair said he was going to kill Terry Funk. Right. And the thing that match was perfect across the board because number one, you got Funk and Ric Flair. I mean, you don't get a whole lot better than that for two guys in the ring. I think Tommy Young was the referee, greatest referee ever. Ah, Tommy Young. Then you got Jim Ross and Gordon Soley on commentary. I mean, that's you can't lose with that whole combination. 
in that match. No, you can't. And then you can't. And Gary Hart on at ringside to boot. At ringside, yeah. To get ready to say Gary Hart was out there too. Yeah. Can't, for, can't forget Gary. But man, that match was so crazy. It was fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> Terry was exaggerating the figure four at the end. He's like, "You're breaking my leg," or whatever he said <laughs> on the microphone. And it uh, actually, I got to go back a little bit further because I also saw the match after that when it was the Thunderdome and Halloween Havoc, which actually that might uh, be the tag team match. match. It was Monk and Muda, Muda against Flair and Sting. Yeah. When the plants caught on fire and Muda had to blow his mist on it to put it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dwayne, I agree. The I Quit match was awesome. It really was. I hear a lot of people say that's the greatest match of all time. Dave LaGreca said that on Busted Open uh, last week on the Tribute episode. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's definitely my favorite I Quit match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh, I'm going to throw in another. Well, you asked for a promo with, with the horse. I don't have that one, but I do have one where he's on a horse. Sorry. <laughs> so let's 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 throw to that one here. All right. Good enough. Good looking animal. Whoa. You know, I rode over to my neighbor's house. I said, hey, how big are Hulk Hogan's arms? He was bragging about Hulk Hogan. Said they're bigger than yours. I said, well, how big are Jimmy Snooker's arms? He said, they're bigger than yours. I said, well, how big is Ricky Steamboat's arms? He said, oh, they're a lot bigger than yours, too. I said, well, I want you to know something, neighbor. I have an extra large, an extra large. Maybe not arms, maybe not legs, but I have an extra large. What I have an extra large in is a heart. That's right, I've got an extra large heart, and that's what counts in sports. It's nothing else. So all of those muscles, that makes me hot. And every time I think about it, it makes me hot. It makes me hotter and hotter and hotter. Well, I'm so hot. I'm juicy. <laughs> I'm not sure what he was going for there. Yeah, I'm not sure where he was heading there. Yeah. He wasn't sure where he was headed at there. So, <laughs> but all right, Funker. Yes. I think there's something to be said for that first video, though, back to Paulie, and maybe you'll get there. But without Terry Funk, uh, you know, such a boost to ECW at the time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that was one of those where I'd kind of forgot about him in the early 90s and then the mid 90s. You start to hear about ECW, and then you see that, and you see the the all just all of the crazy stuff he was doing there. I mean, I remember the Beyond the Map promo where Paul Lee basically talks about how selfless Terry Funk is, and how he's there doing all of this for them to to make make something you know happen there. I think Terry enjoyed that. He just enjoyed pro wrestling. Yeah, he liked being around the young guys and yeah, and doing the thing. Uh, I think my favorite Terry Funk match ever is from ECW. As good as the I Quit match was, the match, and you probably remember this, uh, November to remember 1995, uh, Raven and Cactus Jack against Dreamer and Terry Funk. And that's the match when Tommy used the VCR and also the remote to the VCR as weapons. <laughs> and it was just, it was Outlaw Mud Show. It, it's very core, but man, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I've heard lots of stories about that match, actually. Lots the, of stories. That's the one where uh, K 
Cactus was wearing an Airbrush Dungeon of Doom t-shirt. Yeah. It was during his anti-hardcore gimmick. And then when Terry ripped it off, he was wearing an Eric Bischoff Airbrush t-shirt. said, forgive me, Uncle Eric, on the back. And he, <laughs> oh, the booze in that building. It was in the ECW arena, so it's tiny enough. But the booze, you thought the roof was going to blow off with the hate he was getting for that t-shirt. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, Dwayne. Uh, did Terry Funk ever have any serious injuries because of his hardcore? He hurt, he injured everything <laughs> at one point or another. Again, going back to Beyond the Mat, you remember the video of him trying to get out of the bed in the morning before his final match yeah. against who was it? Uh, Brett. Brett. No, Stamp was Stamp as referee. <laughs> no, they booked Stamp as the referee. <laughs> but he wasn't but, booked uh, originally. Originally, no. Not booked. Hence the joke. But yeah. I think most of his problems were chronic like just over just over all the years just things just broke down on like the knees and the back and all that you know As it was always the knees right it was always yeah. the knees right i don't think he ever had like a debilitating like i don't think he ever had a broken neck in the ring or anything like that like he never had a sit injury or anything but but yeah he was <laughs> always wrestling hurt it seems like uh the uh, of course uh he almost lost an eye in that empty arena match with Lawler. You remember his uh, his late run with WCW before the Russo Bischoff? Oh yeah, when he was the commissioner. Yeah, it was kind of weird. And I remember watching back; they had all the right pieces, like they had all the guys I liked. They just couldn't get it together. I don't know. They had Sid, and they had Funk, and is that the one? They ended up in a barn there, and he hit somebody with a shovel. Uh, I forget who he was. Chris Candino. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. They were dressed the same. Yeah, they yeah they were dressed the same. They ended up in that damn horse pen, and that horse kicked one of them. Yep, that's <laughs> Terry. <laughs> yeah, Terry it was Terry. And Terry no sold it. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you what, Terry and Candido was one of my favorite matchups, and I remember the match they had in ECW, uh, WrestlePalooza '97, and it was a world title match because Terry was the champ at the time, and it was really good. And for a there was a brief second where the crowd was getting behind Candido. Or because he was getting over, because he was in the middle of the triple threat and all that. But it was just a really good technical wrestling match. There wasn't a lot of ECW elements, tables, whatnot. That's wanted to throw that there. That's one of my favorites. And also, I'm a big fan of Candido anyway. So wanted to throw that out there. Uh, let's see, pick this off. Here we go. I saw a promo that really grabbed my attention. This is from Florida in 79 is what the heading said. And this is when he was feuding with Dusty. Which, you know, when wasn't he feuding with Dusty, but still. Right. Uh, so I'm going to put this up here real quick. Once it, there we go. You know, there's a movement and it's a very, very funky movement. Yes, it is, Rhodes. There's a funky movement because you see, I have got my 
my fans, you egg-sucking dog, and put yourself in that cage, and believe me, I can get your head up against that wire, and I can blur your vision like you blurred mine so many years ago, and I can keep you from running roads, yes, I can keep you from running, because you have no place to go. And listen, one time when I was a young boy, I saw a deer hung up on a fence where he tried to jump that fence, and it had ripped his hide and his sinew, and the tendons were hanging out, and it kicked there till it died. Well, listen, Rhodes, you try to climb out, and the same thing might happen to you. Now, I want to say one other thing is that I am the Florida State champion, and I am here not to just be here for a short period of time. I brought my truck down. I brought my trailer down, and I brought my horse down to Florida, and I'm moving here, Rhodes, and the movement has started, and it's going to end in Hollywood. Florida Perry so and its finest. So <laughs> I had not seen that promo before I started doing the research for this episode, and I admit the hair caught me when I was through <laughs> YouTube. Yeah, you don't picture Terry Funk with cornrows, but uh, that's Terry that's... Funk out there in Florida, living on the beach, having his yeah. best life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he, so that's the thing. As good as he was in the ring, and the promos, he was a guy, and they talk about this all the time, talking to people into the building. You don't get that a whole lot these days with, with modern wrestling, but Funker was one of those guys. Him and Dusty, That's why I think that's why the feud worked so well. Those two guys could get, they could fill up every National Guard armory in Florida over the span of two months with, uh, with their matches and everything. And uh, they had and I think they had just about every kind of match you can imagine. Uh, Texas Death matches, Steel Cage matches, Bunkhouse matches. Uh, God forbid they bull have matches. actual bull rope matches. I mean, can't imagine if they would have had an actual wrestling match. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have known what to do. I yeah, I don't think they ever had a, like a one-on-one. I, I'm sure they had matches here and there when they were when they were younger. But oh, uh, don't mind me just talking yeah. to myself. I'm about to say, and years later, they had a War Games match. Yeah, in uh, the original MLW. It was... Uh... Actually, I think they were on the same team, weren't they? It was, it was that one, and then, and then they had one in WCW 94, where they, where, where they were... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dusty, yeah. Dusty, Dusty, Dusty and, and the Nasty, and, and then the uh, Funk, guys. yep. Stud Double Stable a. and Funk. Yeah, that's the match from... Uh... Colonel Parker shit his pants from what I hear. <laughs> if you listen to Dusty tell it. But, uh, yeah, because I remember the match, uh, and I think it's on YouTube. It was a War Games match in MLW back in, like, 2004, 2005. And it was when Carino was in the Extreme Horseman. Steve Carino, uh, Simon Diamond, C.W. Anderson. And then okay. they had, uh, and then they had uh, Barry Windham was their partner for the War Games match. And then it was, like, Dusty and... 
Funk, and I'm trying to remember who else it was. And then a, and Fon, a Sabu and Fonzie were the other two guys on the team. And so they had a War Games match there. It was interesting. You're going to have to make them watch that one. Yeah. I love Fonzie. I wouldn't have had him as my partner in War Games. Nah, nah. But, uh, but yeah, so they've they've gone around and they've wrestled each other. They wrestled for four decades or so, maybe five. I don't know if they ever had a match in the 2010s. But it was the feud that just never ended. It was just Dusty and Coat. It was Dusty and Terry. It was Dusty and Dory. Then when Dustin came up, they put Dustin into it. I can't imagine if one of Terry's daughters started wrestling and that she'd wrestle with Cody. Okay. <laughs> but, but it's one of those things where those two guys were just synonymous with each other. Like you talk about Flair Steamboat, Hogan Savage, uh, Dreamer Raven, Freebirds Von Eric's, and Funkin' Rose is right up there with them. Uh, let's talk. Oh, for, oh, I found a great picture of uh, talking to those guys. <laughs> Look at that. Huh, I feel like I've seen a Rose. shirt like that before. Yeah, you know somebody on this podcast that has that shirt. I do. Yep, yep. I've got it somewhere. If I could have found it, I would have worn it tonight, but I, I think it's somewhere in storage. But uh, I want to get the Everybody Somebody in Luchenbach shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I told Cavazos he needs to get an Everybody Somebody in Mattoon shirt made to sell at the merch stand. What'd he say? Oh, I, he, I think he ignored me. Yeah. I think I said it in a comment on somebody's Facebook post. He might not have seen it. <laughs> but that might be one I have to get on uh, the internet and get made and <laughs> wear it to a show. Narge, that uh, that Dusty Sucks Eggs shirt, that's kind of the impetus of how we met. Because uh, yeah. and I know you got to get out of here, so I'll, I'll say this real quick. When I first met you, you were wearing a uh, t-shirt that said, I broke Wahoo's leg. It was the Greg Valentine shirt. Very similar style to those, yeah, those throwback shirts. And I made you tell me where you got that. And you told me the website you went to. And the next day, I went on there, and I, I had my Dusty Sucks Eggs shirt ordered. And it, then it got there. So that's... Uh, so, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Well, Narge, I'm going to let you get out of here, man. But thanks for jumping on with us. We'll have you on again real soon. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Uh, great episode. And, uh, you know... Uh, we need to get him on for one of our... Uh... Our, oh, the fantasy draft. I told one him. of our drafts. Yeah. 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 Drafts. Let's pick Narge's brain. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of your guys' picks, and uh, I don't recognize half the names. So I, I would definitely have a different perspective. <laughs> uh, all right. All right, guys. Thanks. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Yeah, you too, bud. See night, Narge. All right. Hey, I'm back up Narge. in my normal spot. Hey, back in your usual spot. See, if you were on time, you would have got... I'm kidding, I'm kidding, oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, it wasn't my fault that my computer decided to restart. Uh, very true, very true. Uh, I was going to say, we were getting to the port where I was like, he's going to ask what my favorite match is, and I'm going to be like, uh, uh. Well, you you had time to figure about something. <laughs> oh, well, I do have time to think about something, so I do have something in mind that I'm going to say, but everybody's probably going to laugh at me, but that's okay. Okay. Well, I'm just going to say this first. Uh, the dumpster match at WrestleMania, one of my favorite Jim Ross lines came at the end of that match when they're in the back and Terry Funk is driving the forklift. And then Jim Ross puts it so well, he just says, we don't need a crazy man driving a forklift. 
And I don't think that was coached. I think it was just a general musing by Jim Ross. Exactly. Maybe not put Terry on it. When Terry's all hopped up on competitive juices, maybe not have him driving a forklift. Because that was crazy Terry at, at his very best there. At his very best. That entire match, he was absolute batshit crazy. Uh-huh. Kicking people's butt and talking to him while he's doing it. Most yeah. of it gibberish. God, yeah, I got you, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to throw it to, to you guys. Uh, this actually is going off faster than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a long one, but we're actually making pretty good time. Uh, talking about Barely Legal, and Narge kind of alluded to it. Talk about how big Terry was in basically preserving ECW and, and making it go as long as it did. It seems like putting him in the main event, giving him the world title, was kind of their way of saying thank you to the Funker. And I actually went back and I watched that pay-per-view like the day after they announced that he'd passed. And number one, the whole show's great. I love That's one of my favorite pay-per-views. But then... Just the story that they told between the three-way match, it was him, Stevie, and Sandman. Winner gets Raven. And then Funk wins that one. Then he gets Raven. Funker's bleeding. He's beat up. He's sore. Then here comes Raven, who, not a scratch on him, beats the shit out of him. And and then Funk still winds up winning anyway because Dreamer threw Big Dick Dudley off the eagle's nest. And it's just... So, that's the thing. People give Paulie so much credit for storytelling and this is why from even before the pay-per-view Dreamer cut no promo because it was supposed to be Dreamer not Funk in that three-way match in the story and then the storyline where Dreamer said he gave up his spot on the pay-per-view for Terry Funk because he deserved one more title run and then they go through the whole thing make it seem like Flair or Flair see I'm looking Mm -hmm. at comments Dwayne's commenting about Flair still Uh, yeah I saw that but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, between the ladder whirly bird thing Funker did the moonsault off the ladders then was taking copious amounts of punishment from Raven going through the table uh, had a hell of a gash in his side if I remember right and bleeding a gusher from his head and still managing to win and it was just so good just it grabbed you even like I watched that match for the first time. I was about eighteen. It, it, yeah, it grabbed me. I, Bender, I can tell you're not digging the description. I'm not. It's okay. <laughs> I knew, I knew this was gonna happen. I was like, we're gonna do this. I'm like, oh boy, I'm gonna have a bunch of lovely facial expressions. Wow. But you know, it is what it is. It is. I what get it. it. Is. And you know yeah. what? If it wasn't for Funk, there's a lot of guys now that I don't think we'd have. Oh yeah, the business wouldn't be what it is now. I I respect what he did. Again, it's just not my style. So we got to talk about the the influence that Funker had. I mean, along with the guys like you know Mick Foley has said that he wouldn't be wrestling if it wasn't for Terry Funk. Eddie Kingston says probably to say the same thing uh, because he loves all those All Japan guys, and Funker was a big deal in All Japan. And also, I love the fact that Eddie still wears uh, Terry's T-shirt on AEW television sometimes. Like he'll wear a Brody shirt one week, he'll wear Funker, uh, Onita, all those guys. But he definitely pays homage. Oh yeah, he, that's the thing. That's one of the reasons I like Eddie because he respects the business. 
like you know, respects to everybody that came before him. But uh, as far as the influence goes with Bunker, uh, Bully Ray, I it's hard to not call him Bubba Ray Dudley, but I listen to Busted Open all the time, so he's Bully Ray. Mm-hmm. He said he and Mick had a, a running joke where he would call Mick a cheap knockoff of Terry Funk, and Cactus would say, well... As it comes to cheap knockoffs, if it's Terry Funk, it's okay with me or something like that. And then you say, <laughs> and then you tell Bubba he was a cheap uh, dime store ripoff of Cactus Jack, and then Funk or Bully would say the same thing back to him about that. So it was kind of a running joke how uh, everybody respected Funker. And uh, you talk about Tommy Dreamer, uh, his style was very similar to Funker's in ECW. Like even after Funk was gone, Tommy kind of took that fighting spirit kind of. Bells and whistles, everything but the kitchen stink kind of mentality the Funker had, and it used that. And then uh, just, you know, just look at Texas wrestling in general. I mean, where would Texas wrestling be without the Funk family as a whole? I mean, Dory Senior invented the Texas Deathmatch. Yep. And Dor- uh, Junior and Terry, the only brothers to ever hold the uh, NWA World Title. Uh. I mean, you can talk about the matches that they had with the Briscoe brothers, uh, Jack and Jerry, not Jay and Mark, uh, back in the day. Uh, I love watching this stuff in all Japan, him and Brody, or him and Dory against Brody and Hanson. I mean, that's a, you know me, I love my Haas fights. Yep. That is a motherfucking Haas fight. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Saw one match Brody and Funk, uh, earplugs, menders, where Funk had a big gap, like his ear was bleeding. And he was just getting the crap kicked out of him, but he kept getting up, and the crowd was eating it up with a spoon. Or chopsticks, was... as well as Japan. But... <laughs> was that? I think I heard, I was listening, well, I was probably listening to Corny. They were talking about how, was it Dory would always take the beatings, and then Terry would come in and be like, all right, I'll finish this off now, or something like that. Was that what I was hearing I on think something? That's... I think that's what it was. I could see it being where Terry gets carried away, then Dory's like, "Okay, get out. Let me get this thing back gotcha. on the back on the rails." Gotcha. But yeah, it was early, early Japan. Yeah, I'm looking for this picture of Funk in his ear. Oh Jesus! I'm having trouble finding it. You have to go. I'll you have to go back and find the YouTube video of the match. It's a it's a fear it. Fiasco is the wrong word. It's it's a uh, it's a happening. We'll call it a happening. Oh, we'll boy. call it a happening. A happening. Yes. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's go to uh, another promo here. Another one from Florida. It's Funker and and Gordon Sully at ringside here. So let's... father used to use a four letter word that was very shocking to people and i'm going to use that four letter word but i'm not going to say it and i'm not going i'm going to spell it out to you people and i guarantee you that it'll shock you the word is spelled f e a r and that's exactly what dusty Rhodes is going to have whenever he steps into the ring with me because i realize that the man is a drugged man. He's drugged on his own ego. And whenever Dusty Rhodes thinks that he's so terrific, he thinks he's so spectacular, he thinks he has a great following, he thinks that Uvalde Slim is fooling somebody. It's not fooling anybody, not me. I'd like to say something else, too, about Ole Anderson's brother, Lars. Lars Anderson is dumb, 
He is ignorant. He does not show any respect for his family name. Like the Funk family has respect for each other and a brother's fight should be not in public. I have no respect for Lars Anderson. And I have no respect for that fat, no good, egg-sucking cockroach, Dusty Rhodes. None whatsoever. Mr. Funk, let me ask you this. First of all, you are scheduled to wrestle against Uvalde Slim on the 19th at the Omni in Atlanta, not Dusty Rhodes. Listen, he will not have a place to wrestle because he will be barred from wrestling as soon as that mask is taken off from him. And he can go back to Fat City or wherever that he is from because he doesn't impress me or any of the intelligent wrestling fans. <laughs> Uvalde Slim, another one of the masked aliases of Dusty Rhodes. Uvalde Slim, yes. And he can go back to Fat City or wherever he came from. <laughs> damn, Terry. Damn, damn, oh, damn. Terry. And I love how it always goes back to Dusty. It always yeah. seems to go back to Dusty. I'm I'm telling you, it's just they're synonymous with each other. I imagine that when Dust when Terry got to the Great Beyond, Dusty was waiting in his Everybody Somebody and Lukenbach t shirt. <laughs> just ready to go rounds again. Come on in, baby. We got one more in this. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine because you know Terry's wife passed away a couple years ago. So I imagine she's waiting for him, but then all of a sudden she takes a bionic elbow from Dusty, and Dusty's like, let's go. <laughs> like we're Come on, this. baby. I've been waiting for you for years. Let's get this over with. Do it in public. <laughs> if you will. If you will. Sorry, oh, I had to send you that goodness. picture. I thought maybe that was the one you were talking about, Mark. Uh, no, but similar. That is an all-Japan match, and they're both bleeding, but... Yes, they were. Oh, Barry, I'll send it to you too, so you know what we're talking about. Barry, I'll check it oh, out. What here the heck bit. here? Mark, just pop it up. I sent it to you. Oh yeah, let me get it. Sorry, I'm fantasy football commissionership issues I'm dealing with here. <laughs> it's that time of the year. Yeah. It's that time of the year. Let's see here. Here we go. Baseball's not over yet, Mark. What are you doing? Or did you give up on oh, baseball doing, already this season? Oh no, I'm still doing baseball. I'm still doing. Hey, the okay. Cubs are in the hunt, man. They're they're cooking. They're exactly. Cooking. They are they are in the hunt for October. I say we're not to October yet. I won't care about baseball till October runs around comes around. There you go. All right. I am about to send me. Yeah, here's the picture. Maybe. There it is. Ooh, okay. Man. That probably was a bloodied open ha- uh, hard way too. I I wish stuff wouldn't have happened to Brody. <laughs> I really do. I wish he oh, would have been around for a imagine? while too. Well, that's why we don't want to wrestle in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I know <laughs> exactly. Man, so good. Reminds me of some of our independent wrestlers around here. Yeah, yeah. You know that's that's a that's a hell of a point. You look at a guy like a Mad Dog Connolly, you see a lot of funk in him. Maybe not yep. the hesitation drop kicks in the corners, but running around throwing chains around, just wanting to brawl with you. Jared Allen is another guy like that. 
And uh, well, I never seen and, and, and I never seen Funk uh, hang a uh, giant plush, but <laughs> right. <laughs> no. That's neither here nor there. That we know of. That we know of. He probably, if somebody would have had the idea to bring that in the ring, he would have done something with it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, see, the bad part is, so you know, we have our get your shit move, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got my shit and I moved, and I was still in the crosswalk. (laughs) I was still in crosshair Saturday night. It was crazy. I moved back and they kept following me. I was like, I'm trying to get out of your way. <laughs> Just wasn't happening. Yeah, well, that Roy the Strangler is a strange one. Yeah. <laughs> How was the show? We had Kat and Dakota on on the pod. But uh, you guys were at the show. It's, I know we're getting kind of on a, a side tangent. But for those that are curious, just a, a, a brief review of the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let you take this one right nice. here. You're nicer than I am. I, I am nicer than you are. It, for what the show was, and Reb, you know as well as I do, Kat and Dakota were both really nervous about it. They and, they, they seemed that on the interview, yeah. Yes, they seemed very nervous about it. They had some reason to be. They had but then they also had some people on there that I was real impressed with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Between Merck and uh, Noctis and the Solomon. Idaho Vampire. Yeah. <laughs> that had a Idaho. sunburn. That had, had a sunburn. sunburn. Idaho Vampire? <laughs> the Idaho, yes, the Idaho Vampire that had a sunburn. That had a sunburn. Yeah, vampires don't usually have sunburns, do they? No. Not usually. <laughs> But they turned it up for in sunlight, I thought, but, you know, whatever. Right? But, uh, yeah. yeah, there was that. And then, of course, Uncle T, Solomon Tupu was there. And yeah. he kind of hit one of the he hit one of the guys in the wrong spot. And poor guy, Blue Chunks, under the ring. And oh. I don't I, I don't think that was that was it the cause of the of the, uh, of the chunk you blowing. Because I do right. I do believe during the promo, uh, I heard him dry heave during the promo. He so it, it, oh. he, yeah, it, yeah, he was, he was, he was going to blow chunks in either way. He was a little nervous. Nerves? Yeah, I was going to say it was yeah, nerves. It was, it was, it was nerves. It was nerves. Um, well, I think the I think the show's supposed to be up on YouTube. I don't know when, but we'll keep an eye out for that. But uh, I'll see if I can find uh, out for you, Reb. But like I said, yeah. there was some the hate keepers and who did they fight? Hate keepers and uh, constant headache, wasn't it? Yeah, constant, constant headache. headache. Yeah, that was a good match. That was a good match. Um, and the other one, Ryan, Ryan, Math. Correct me if I'm wrong. Ryan, Ryan Matthews. Ryan Matthews and his tag team partner. I can't remember his name, but they took on the Tragedy Boys in a heel versus heel match, and it was pretty good too. Oh, it's your buddy guest on the Rue in that match. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got a few dirty looks, and yeah, I got a lot of did dirty you, looks. Actually. I have to ask, did you have signs? I did not. I did not take uh, signs. That's a zero one thing. That's all a right, zero well, one thing. All right. Well, let's get back to funk. We're, let's get back to funk. I forgot. I just went usual jumping the rail procedure. Well, just side tangents. In in our defense, it was Brody and Funk, and we were talking about their influence. So in our defense, right. that's where it went. That's how it got there. True. True. All right. So I'm gonna throw it out to you now. Uh, same question as uh, with Bray. Uh, 
Well, we'll start with Bari Menders for Thank your you. consideration. Uh, favorite funk match, Bari? Um, going to be his I Quit match with Flair. I think that's the popular choice. I think Dwayne said the same thing in the in the comments. So, uh, Menders. Do I have to go like with a to... match, or can I go with something that he did that I respected a lot? I'll allow it. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Because I think what I remember Terry Funk for, like I said, Chainsaw Charlie, all that. But when I really began liking Funk as a person was during the Hell in the Cell match with Oh, okay. With uh, time. Foley and yeah, with <laughs> Mankind and Undertaker. Because Bless you. how many Thank times you. did poor Terry Funk come running out there to check on his buddy? Two for or good three. reason. For good yeah. reason. And but, then taking the choke slam out of his yeah. shoes. Out of his shoes. Out there could shoes. not have been a more perfect choke slam, and his shoes were perfectly placed in the ring. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but that, yeah, to me, that's one of my Terry Funk memories. Like That's, that's good, another one that's of mine. That's a good one. Yeah, I just love the fact that yeah, Cactus is clearly knocked out <laughs> after going <laughs> through the cage, and Funk's in there checking on him with the doctor, and all of a sudden, they're showing, Funk, they're showing Foley on the ground, but all of a sudden, they go to a wide shot, and you see Funk throw his hat at Taker, yelling at him. Yep. <laughs> Giving him the Terry Funk business, as we know. What are you doing, you son of a bitch? You're gonna hey, kill hey, him! Suck dog. Yeah, yeah, I gotta kill Mick. <clears throat> Come then, on, give me your best shot. <laughs> we gotta buy him some time. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta buy him some time. But yeah, that was, uh, that, that, was, was one. that was good. Because yeah, I don't think anybody knew that Funk was there. Nuh-uh. Exactly. Not exactly. No. Until, not until Mick went off the top of the. Off the top to the off table. Off the top yeah. of the cell. Yeah. Still the greatest Jim Ross call ever. Good God Almighty. Oh my God, him. he's dead. <laughs> They've killed him. As God is my witness, he's, is my witness he's broken in half. That's just <laughs> that's just poetry. Jim, that was just a masterpiece from Jim Ross in that match. Yeah. Because you know, in his head, he's thinking, "Why the fuck are they doing this?" <laughs> Why the fuck exactly? Somebody called this damn match now. I don't like what he thinks in AEW. I was going to say, that's probably what he thinks every time he's out there doing commentary right now. But that's beside the point. Right. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah. If I can get through another one. Sunday was rough or Saturday was rough. I was pleasantly surprised at how short the show was Sunday. I thought it was going to be a marathon. It was only about three hours. Four, well, watching? four four hours with the... Uh, uh, Five hours with zero hour. It started oh, at 11. I miss, Oh, I must have missed the first hour of the pre-show then. But, uh, and, okay. and, and hell, the pre-show was two hours long. Was it two hours long? Yeah, yeah. Oh, then it started at 10. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Oh. I missed an hour. So yeah, it was yeah. six hours long. Because it, it, it didn't get four. over until four. Yeah. yeah. And it's it still started... short, for a, short for an AEW pay-per-view. That's true. Well... Yeah. It usually starts at what five? Runs till after midnight, and then if you watch the scrum, there's another two hours out of your life. Right. See, exactly. I, I can't commit. I can't commit to the scrum. That's all you, Benders. Sunday was easy to do the scrum. Sunday was real easy to do. The it was scrum. in the day. It, it was like six. It was, it was great. <laughs> all right. Well, tangent over. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, uh, you want to hear our thoughts on? I liked all how out, we waited in, until Nard uh, was week. off here, but. So I liked how we waited till Narge was off here before we went on our tangent. Yeah, everybody knows Narge loves AEW. No, yep. no fault of him. I mean, good for him. I no mean, fault. No. There's fans. 
No, of course not. And I'm going to say congratulations. 81,000 fans is a hell of an accomplishment, no matter what company you're it running. Is. I was so, impressed. Kudos. Kudos. And the, and the stadium looked great. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked awesome with all the people in there. But Especially when we'll, the fireflies we'll, we'll came more, out. Yes, but we'll get more into more of that next week. Uh, we still got some funk talk here. Let's uh, talk about AW. Okay. Uh, so, my favorite funk match, and I'll go with a match. Uh, I would. I think I've got to go with the match with. Uh, I'm going to go two. I'm going to say straight up wrestling match, him and Candido, WrestlePoos in 97. Favorite free for all shit hit the fan match would be the one with Dreamer against Cactus and Raven from November to Remember with all the weapons and the fuckery. Uh, and I use fuckery with love in this case. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I've got one more. Well, two more, but one more I want to get to right now. Uh, I think this is after Barely Legal. It's another promo from, from Funker. So we'll check this out here real quick. You know... Sometimes it takes a loss to bring your life in focus and figure out actually what your goals are. And uh, I came back to the dressing room and I sat there and I sat there and I sat there and an hour must have went by and I looked down and I haven't even unlaced my shoes yet. I thought about a lot of things. I thought about Tommy Dreamer. And I know I've told you people this before. Uh, there's. Nobody in this world that tries any harder than that guy right there. And we're all his fans, and no matter how satisfied we are with him, he just always wants to do a little bit better. And he's got the right name and that dreamer name. He reminds me of somebody a long, long, long time ago. That person he reminds me of is my father, Dory Funk Sr., who is also a professional wrestler. And in 1973, he was in his 50s, and he had this dream. He wanted to be champion, and that was what he wanted to do all of his life. He wanted to be the world's champion. Wrestling was his life, and that was an important thing to him. But it never happened. The reason it didn't happen, because in 1973, June of that year, my father had a massive heart attack while he was wrestling. My brother and I rushed him to the hospital, and on the way to the hospital, he says, how much further do I have to go? And I looked at him, and I knew he was in a lot of pain. I said, not much further, Dad, just a couple more miles. And he said, Dad, gummit. He says, I can't make it. I'm going. Well, those were his last words. And. Whatever those were his last words, I figured that the Lord had good reason to take him. And he did take him. And it was the saddest day in my brother and my life. And it'll be the saddest day in my life probably forever. Now, 24 years later, here I am trying to figure out my goals. After a loss, and what my goal is right now is it? I guess I'm a dreamer too. I, I want to be world's champion. I know 
if I get in the ring against that ECW champion, if I can get in there against Raven, I, I know that, that I can beat him. I just, I just feel it. And why do I want to do it? I thought about that too. I want to do it for all you hardcore fans out there. I want to do it for all of us old farts to prove that we don't have one foot in the grave. But most of all, I want to do it to fulfill my father's dreams. That's what I want to do is fulfill his dreams. Now, I know that I can't guarantee a victory, but dadgummit, I can guarantee that I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to quit and I'm going to just keep on going. And if I can get him in the match, a championship match, and if I can beat him and they present me with that belt, I don't want to stand out there and say I did it my way. <laughs> I want to invite every one of you ECW fans that are in the arena that night to come in the arena and stand with me. And I want us to hold our arms in the air and I want to invite anybody that's watching it on television to hold our, their arms in the air and say, we did it our way, not like the WWE. We did it our way, not like the WCW. We did it our way, not like AAA, New Japan, All Japan, FMW. We did it our way, not like the ultimate fighting organizations. We did it our way. And what is our way? That's the ECW way. And what is the ECW way? It's the only way because it's the most physical, dangerous form of wrestling in the world today bar none. We did it our way because we love it that way. We love it that way. Okay, so I was wrong. That's before Barely Legal. But, uh... <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> But, but man, even that hit I mean, me in the feels, and I don't even—I'm right? not a hardcore person—and that hit me in the right. feels. It it goes back. I mean, we talked about during the Fordo promos when he's rambling like a crazy person and talking people into the building. That's the same deal. He's talking people into buying the pay per view because he's making them want to see this old guy. And I say old guy—he was 53 in that promo. He's 11 years older than me right now, which is kind of kind of hitting me a little bit. But uh, yeah, ten he was, years older than me. But yeah, he was selling that pay per view and the uh, that delivery, like humble old man Terry Funk, was just as riveting as crazy psycho middle aged and crazy Terry Funk uh, when he's cutting promos like that. But uh, yeah, that uh, that one kind of that one grabbed me when I was doing my my promo research. I hadn't seen that one in a long time, but it was. Uh, it was really good. Uh, now, Menders, I know you don't know a whole lot about Funker, but Barry, uh, you got anything you want to add about uh, about Terry? Uh, 
He's a once-in-a-lifetime individual that came through and inspired an entire generation of extreme wrestlers. I'll say that much. <laughs> Whether they're good or bad, he inspired an entire generation of extreme wrestlers. That's very true. I mean, nobody's going to be as good at it as Funker was. Oh, no. Uh, it's Everybody's kind of playing for second best, well, third best after him, him and Cactus. But, uh, but no, nah, it's... Uh, there's a... There's another promo. I got one more. Uh, this is the one that people have been quoting the most since he passed. It's one from from Japan. I think it was one of one of his retirement shows. <laughs> one of his many. One, one of them. <laughs> it's from it's from '83. Actually, it's uh, in two days. It would be 40 years to the day. So it's kind of kind of fitting that that's when it was August 31st of '83. Uh, as we're recording, if you listen to the podcast, it is 30 years to the day. So you know, there yeah. you go. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna play this one one more. Then we're gonna to get to our Hall of Fame and uh, and like I said we're gonna be done ahead of schedule <laughs> this time, which is kind of surprising. But, uh, <laughs> but here we go. another minute or so but i think we got the gist of it uh, yeah no we got it we got it well and you can't that, deny his passion oh no of course not everybody gets bigger in texas as they say but uh yeah, yeah. uh let's move on a little bit let's get to uh we're gonna do a, a short hall of fame thing we're not gonna do a top 10 list this week we'll do that next week when we kick off season three uh very exciting as we know but let's get to this. And actually, I'm very proud of myself because we have new graphics. Menders, I showed this. Did I show this one to you? you? Yeah. No, I showed you the, no, I showed no, you the you top ten. No, you showed me 10. the other one. Yeah, you I showed me the top ten. I, I did a brand new Hall of Fame graphic, too, uh, along with adding the new people that we didn't have on there so yet. So you get I, everybody added in? Yeah. But then I kind of jazzed it up a little bit. So let's Fancy, fancy. I don't know if you caught that. I the did. The very last little bit. Uh, I did. <laughs> kind of kind of a no-brainer. Actually, Menders, you suggested it, but I was going to do it anyway, to be honest well, with I you. I figured you were. So, uh, hang on. Let me get my graphics up here. Because 
God forbid I had my shit together. Well, you know, it was only obvious for the simple fact that Bunker was already in. Well, yeah. Very true. Uh, let's see. Overlay. But, uh, yeah, so I've, I figured I'd class it up with the red velvet background. And and then I got everybody, I think, in themes. I got the managers in one. They got the tag teams. Yep. I, got, I, I got it organized for once. It looks that, real good. Looks real good. Looks real good. So we start adding Thank more you. people to it, and he has to redo it again. <laughs> right. I do love the uh, crushed velvet uh, curtain. Yes. 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 <laughs> but, but yeah, it's it's kind of obvious. Uh, there's our guy there. We're putting Bray in. Kind of have to. Uh, I didn't. If think he doesn't put... go into WWE Hall of Fame at WrestleMania, I'm going to be mad. I think he. I think he will. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, they did it with Eddie when he passed. Like the they next did. mania, they put him in. Uh, I didn't think I would put Bray in ahead of his dad. I thought we had more time before Bray would, would go in. But uh, everybody thought we had more time. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. I mean, we've said plenty about Bray already. But I mean, it. I'm gonna go so far in in WWE. I would say he was probably the most creative mind in go. the locker room. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's Funhouse Bray. Got, is that Huskus the pig on that? Uh, on that rep? That's Huskus the pig with him. <laughs> Yowie wowie. Oh, did you catch? Did you catch that? Oh, you didn't watch Raw last night. I missed. I missed Raw, but I heard about it. I heard Seth busted out Yowie wowie. Seth, yeah, Seth busted out Yowie wowie last night. I heard well, he was got there. in the feels at the end of her match too. I, I didn't realize it. Jumping the rail just a touch, just a touch. I didn't realize that Seth had broke his back in two places. I didn't either. That's apparently what Shinsuke whispered to him last Monday on Raw. So I, Yeah, he said, I know about your back. Yeah. So apparently he's wrestling with a broken back right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, doing Terry Funk is the Michael Jordan hardcore wrestling. I'll um, agree. I agree with you on that there, Dwayne. Dwayne, uh, the, also, next, yes. the next comment yeah. I want to smack him on, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we we know Dwayne. We know. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll let you Dwayne's all, all right. He's no, all right. no, I like Dwayne. No, I like Dwayne. I like Dwayne. I'm just messing with him. <laughs> to, paraphrase, to paraphrase the Doobie Brothers, Dwayne is just all right with me. <laughs> so, can we please put Mr. Bray in? I'm uh, Bray excited. Is, Bray is in. Bray White is the latest inductee into our JTR Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> He would have gone in eventually anyway. Right. But uh, Would have been a little while, though. We would have yeah. had done the show for maybe a few more years. Yeah, and we don't do that for everybody that passes. I know uh, Leaping Lanny didn't go in uh, uh, Adrian Street. Adrian Street's going to go in eventually, I think. I think he has to. But this one, it felt like it needed to be done rapidly. I think Superstar was that way. The Briscoes were that way. Uh, yeah, because we that put way. the... Shiki was that way, yeah. Shiki was already in. Yeah, that's right. Shiki was already in, but the Briscoes, we we put them in the week that Jay passed. Yeah, yeah, that was our first uh, trivia episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because we couldn't just put Jay in. We had to put the whole thing. We had to put them both in. in. Duh. (sighs) But. Yeah. Well, like I said, this was a special bonus. We weren't going to be going live today. I was going to take the day off and uh, hang out with the wife, but uh, I figured it was a, this was a good reason to to bust it out and do it uh, in our off week, which uh, 
is our last episode before season three kicks off next Tuesday. Uh, we'll talk about AEW. We'll talk about All In. We'll talk about All Out. Might even talk a little bit about Payback after that happens. I was gonna say, are we doing uh, yeah. Payback too? Yeah, yeah. Saturday. Payback is Saturday. Yeah. Payback is Saturday. All Out is Sunday. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, that's a good thing I don't leave my bedroom on the weekends. Right. <laughs> yeah, but since since we're doing this, we didn't really have time to talk about All In that much, but we'll get into it. Next oh, we better Tuesday. because there's lots of drama going have, on now. I know we have thoughts. Uh, <laughs> lots of them. Yeah. Plus, our buddy AJ, our head researcher, came up with my favorite euphemism for the stadium stampede match I've heard. Oh, you hadn't heard that is... before? No. That's what we've been calling but, it ever no, since he... it started. <laughs> yeah. Football football field fuckery. Yep. Football field fuckery. I am a fan of alliteration, and that is great. <laughs> oh, hey, speaking of oh, the devil. MJF is here? Well, <laughs> nope. AJ's here though. Our own right, our own prodigal oh, devil himself. Little devil. All five foot seven of him. AJ, hey. But yeah. So, hey, Mark, whose pick is it for the next Hall of Fame? Oh uh, well, technically you picked this one. Okay, good. Because I picked Steve sure last week me. or last episode. Oh yeah. So I think That's it's right. to, I think it's to me. All right. Yeah. So. And do we have we a top do. ten list yet? Uh, I am planning on having. I think. I think I have one in mind. I'll okay. let you know off uh, off mic. I don't want to spoil okay. it. You know, I like to be a surprise for our adoring public. Okay. Let me do research. All few of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you ample time to research. Uh, okay, I think this will. Uh, let me say we pay some bills real quick, then we'll get out of here. Uh, Sounds good. I mean, it might be in poor taste to show our endeavors on a tribute show for uh, for these two guys, but hey, it's my show, so we're gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> so, prowrestlingtees.com/slash/jtrpod for all your jumping the rail T-shirt needs. They're, I noticed I Barry and, and I are, both are, are sporting the, the same one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I felt uh, compelled to put the uh, uh, cactus on for, for Funker today because my Funk shirt's still in the laundry. Speaking of, Barry, do you have my RKO Bray Wyatt shirt? No. Okay. You just have my Arbreo. other Bray shirt. <laughs> Our Bray Yeah. <laughs> No, I have the uh, the RKO Ed shirt. Oh, okay. You have the uh, uh, a lot of my wrestling shirts, shirts Barry, I went through. <laughs> Barry, do you have this one yet? Uh, no, but that's on my uh, to get list though. Ah, nice. The prodigy, yes. The prodigy. I'll make it happen. <laughs> you all see the shirt I got for the twenty third. Just wait till you see the shirt I got for the 23rd. It's it's epic. I'm scared. I'm a little scared. I'm not going to lie. Does this say, how's your nose? I really want to say, no. how's your nose? <laughs> I thought you were doing that on a sign. Uh, no, I, I said something about doing something different. Oh. It's going to be something like okay. that. Well, well, anyway, so that's uh, the Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, BrainBusterTees.com slash jkr-podcast-network. I got that wrong. Raybustertees.com slash other slash jkr-podcast-network. 
I was gonna say it sounded wrong stuff. and you said it way too fast. Hey, look, it's me. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got Minders on a couple shirts. Three shirts with Min- your pun on Minders, right. Minders and her shit stirring spoons. <laughs> Hold on, I got it. I got it. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. But uh, Which I've been yeah, really good at that stuff. here lately. Oh, you really have. But yeah, we got plenty of stuff on there. We got all the t-shirts. You can get those sweatshirts, hoodies, long sleeve shirts, stickers, fanny packs, all kinds of good stuff there. And uh, we got a uh, a new one for our comrade Gary Vestelio. We have the Ooh. the bearded dragon shirt on Bray Buster Tees. So check that out. I like that. Wait, yeah. so uh, Gary... can we show the other one too? Because I really like that other one. Which one? It's a work. Oh, I don't have that one on here. It's uh, oh, okay. We have basically it's a cartoon beard, and it says Gary says it's a work. Which if he was going to be joining us next week for the all out, he would be saying the same thing. Yep, he would be. He says all this stuff is a work too. By the way, just so you know. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> oh, oh, Gary. <laughs> yes, because he was in my he was he was over here on Sunday. Uh, we watched the last little bit of all in because we had rehearsal because we got to get coming up. But I asked if he. Because we were reading the stuff about Punk and Jack like in real time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, let's see, did you hear about this? And he's like, it's a work. That's <laughs> <laughs> so what he always says. That's what he always says. So, so yeah. So, if uh, you like our friend the Bearded Dragon, you can pick up the t-shirt at BrainBusterTees.com. I think it's pretty sharp looking. Uh, yep. And it's gray, which is very Gary. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, and then your guys' shirt was on... Throw that last circle up, because your guys' shirt's in the corner. Oh, yeah, the Gold Rush shirt. We call them belts. Because we call them belts. That's right. Yeah, I got to get that one, too. Yes. Uh, next week, like we said, Tuesday, we'll do our all-in, all-out payback coverage on Tuesday. Wednesday, this tomorrow night on the Zero One Shootout, uh, the dreaded lion, Chris O'Brien, is going to be joining us. He'll have some interesting Kitty things cat. to say, probably. <laughs> and then, I'm already uh, next, starting. <laughs> then a week from Friday, Bari, we're doing another episode of Gold Rush, and we're talking about the SmackDown tag titles from 2002. Yes, sir. It'll be a good time. It's going to be a good one. And then uh, next uh, next Wednesday, uh, guests still to be confirmed, but I think I know what's going on. We'll keep you posted on that for the shootout. And until then, if you guys don't have anything else to add, uh, for, uh, for Menders, for Bari, this is Reb. Run y'all. Life is hard. Work stiff. R.I.P. Funker. R.I.P. Bray. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces.